Welcome to the Total Brain podcast series, hosted by Dr. Evian Gordon, founder and chief medical officer of Total Brain. Today's podcast is on can small step habits change your life? And it is a great pleasure again to be speaking to Chris Darwin, Charles Darwin's great great grandson serial entrepreneur, and also the founder of The Darwin Challenge to help people eat less meat. So Chris, as always, we go through our why, our what, and our how. Today we're talking about Tiny Habits, BJ Fogg's book called Tiny Habits, the small changes that change everything. And BJ Fogg is the founder of Stanford's Behavior Design Lab. What is the why of why listeners should listen to this podcast today? Yeah, thanks, Evian. So, uh, dear listener, hi there. I would love to tell you why I think this podcast is going to really potentially change your life. I'd love to read page one of BJ Fogg's book. Here, have a listen to this. Over the last 20 years, I've found that everybody wants to make some kind of change. Eat healthier, lose weight, exercise more, reduce stress get better sleep. We want to be better parents and partners. We want to be productive and creative. But the alarming levels of obesity, sleeplessness and stress reported by the media and seen in my Stanford lab tell me there is a painful gap between what people want and what they actually do. I'm here to tell you it isn't your fault. I just love that ending. I'm here to tell you it isn't your fault. So that's the why. We're going to give you a new system of how to change your behavior. And for me, who spent so many years studying this issue, this is revolutionary even for me. And I've read so many books on behavioral change. How's that sound, Evian? Well, isn't that a great summary? It is. I mean, I know there's so many books on behavior change, and I love the fact that we're just focusing on one today. And of course, Total Brain incorporates these principles what is the what then? If that's the why, and it's pretty compelling, yeah. the problem is that the biggest gap is between knowing and doing, as BJ Fogg said there. So what is the, the what? Dear listener, feel free to read this book. It's not that long and it's very readable. And by the way, we're not on commission by anybody to promote this. And never, I'm surprised you live in the same city as him. You should meet him. No, I've never even met BJ Fogg, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just read about it. I mean, I mean, there's so many people in the space. Our job is integration, but we just really have selected this as a great example of what to do. Yeah. Well, we should maybe see if we can get him on. But uh, I basically read the whole book, condensed it down to 33 pages of notes, and now I've condensed it to the biggest three topics, the king hits, as it were. These are the three biggest takeaways I had. First of all, I think most of us are under the impression that motivation is the most important piece in behavioral change. If you are not motivated to give up alcohol, you will not do it. If you're not motivated to reduce your stress, you will not do it. BJ Fogg says that is profoundly wrong. And that was absolutely shocking for me because I have, as a behavioral change person, been working on motivation, you know, forever. When I was in advertising, I worked on motivation 
when I'm now a behavioral change person, I'm working on motivation. So that is probably the first one that just knocked me off the, my seat, basically. I went, what? Motivation isn't the most important. So what is the most important? If motivation is not the most important, what is the most important? Well, let's deal firstly, why is not motivation important or the most important? And BJ Fogg has a lovely expression. He says, motivation is like a party animal friend, great for a night out, but not someone you would rely to take your grandmother to the airport, which I just love that. You imagine this drunk friend turning up, he'd argue with your grandmother. He calls it the motivation monkey. And I realized as soon as I started reading about this, it's right. In the morning, we get out of bed, we're highly motivated. By the evening, we're not highly motivated to go to the gym and do that hour workout that we promised ourselves in the morning we would do. What's changed? Motivation's changed. You know, the beautiful thing about the Total Brain Approach is that the other reason why motivation, as, as great as it is, I mean, it's fun to be motivated and it's fun to have information, but the brain does not change based on information or motivation. It changes from rewiring. Neural networks that fire together, wire together. We are in the wiring business, Chris, the rewiring business. How does he suggest are your two other points that are the key to rewiring? Right, okay. So, absolutely. So, if motivation is not the key, you're probably thinking to yourself, I want to reduce stress, I want to sleep better, I want to lose weight. If motivation isn't the key, then what is the key? And you can probably tell what the key is because it's in the title of the book, Tiny Habits. He says, if you want to change any behavior, to start off with, break it down to something so small it's easy to do. Now, that seems so counterintuitive because there's this whole concept of go big or go home. You know, we are supposed to bound off the New Year's Eve. We've decided we're going to lose 40 kilos in the year. And off we go on this huge adventure of behavioral change to lose all that weight. BJ Fogg says exactly the reverse. Go really small. So if you want to lose weight, say... Maybe just try and have one evening a week where you don't have dessert. Maybe Monday night, you're not going to have dessert. And this small step is the critical thing. And we're going to give some examples of that. But basically, BJ Fogg says, condense it down to little mini, mini steps, which are really easy to do. So that's the first one. Do you want to go to the second one? Or what, what do you reckon about that? Yeah? You go. Okay, so, okay, so Evian is absolutely right. And he's always really big on this wiring, rewiring, and, and, I, and I, I was absolutely big on it. BJ Fogg is just massive on this. He says, you will rewire your brain through a system of rewards. And he says, and I've been doing it, and it works, let me tell you, you've got a reward immediately before you do the behavior and immediately afterwards, and you've got to do it within a couple of seconds. And what it does to you is it releases dopamine. Dopamine makes you feel good, and that starts to rewire your brain. So what is a reward? And it varies enormously. What is a reward for you? Maybe just simply patting yourself on the back and saying, well done, I've done well. Or it might be putting your hands in the air and just doing a cheer. Evian, we're going to talk about some rewards later, I've got a feeling. But it's got to be very specific to you. So those are the three things that I took from the book. I mean, there's so much in the book, but those are the three. What do you reckon? You love paintings, don't you, Evian? 
What I love about this simple formula, and there's lots of other evidence that this is sort of pointing in the right direction, is that you've got to have a prompt. So you want to be sure that you're leveraging off an anchor that you've done before. That's automatic already. And we'll come to that in a moment. Then you, you do these small steps and you give yourself this reward. And that confluence of those three remarkably small things converge into a neurochemical cocktail that has got deep underlying science that shows that it's a rewiring formula. It is not some esoteric spiel. It's not a triumph of marketing over substance. And it's not like the overpromise of information and motivation. It would appear that that combination of having an anchor, small steps and rewards, very, very quickly done together and with intensity. That is the only other thing I would add from the other piece I'd add from the neuroscience literature that you can't just go through the motions on this. It's like going to the gym and barely having form with your exercise. It's not going to work. You need a bit of form. So you also need a bit of intensity. But with that said, that simple formula, anchors, small steps and rewards is a firing, rewiring formula. Firing neurons, rewiring them formula. So that's the what. Very simple. Amazing. And why this is so shocking to me, Chris, is that it is so basic and so few people have disciplined to do it because they are sucked in by the triumphs of marketing over substance and all this massive info dump that is happening. You know, these lists and lists and lists of things that people tell you and articles and clickbait stories that are starting to become so loud and such a cacophony that they, I think, are distracting people. So that's the story. What is the how exactly? Let's take a couple of examples. Would you like to start with one? So, okay. So, dear listener, so you've heard Evian and I saying that we think this is revolutionary. So let me tell you a little quick story, and then I think Evian's going to give one, on how to do it. So then I'm 59 years old. I'm getting a bit puny as we all do at 59, my wife's been complaining about my arms. What would I normally have done? Normally, I would have ignored her for a bit. And then eventually, <laughs> I would have gone, right, right, that's it. I'm off to the gym. I'm going to go to the gym five days a week. I'm going to go for an hour every night. And I would have done that for a couple of weeks. And then I would have given up. That's what I'd normally have done. So it's the go big or go home approach. And that is the way most of us think is the way to change behavior. But I was reading BJ Fogg. And BJ Fogg says, okay, if you want to try this, try this. Every time you go to the toilet, do two press-ups. So I thought, well, that's a waste of time because I'm not going to get strong by doing two press-ups. But I started doing it. So you can see what Evian was saying. He's anchored the new behavior to something which we all do. We all go to the toilet, you know, several times a day. So he's anchored the new behavior to that. So I didn't forget it. Now, the second thing he says is that what Evian said is, reward yourself. So whenever I went to the toilet, as I remember to do it, I patted myself on the back and said, well done, Chris. That is really impressive. I then came out. I did my two press-ups. I then patted myself on the back and I did a little, yay. And I felt so stupid doing it. But what, dear listener, what is amazing is that wired in that new habit within a couple of days. So I've been doing it ever since. Now, I could only do two press-ups at all to start off with. Now I can do 10 from two to 10, my arms have literally got bigger. My wife says, wow, you've actually put on some muscle here, you little 
puny guy <laughs> because you can tell I'm puny. I can only do two press-ups. And it is amazing. So that is my little story. But Evian, I, I want to hear yours because I think it's a really good one. Cool, cool. I love that story. But you are a rock climber and you have set some world records other than that. But yes, I can see why you want to keep yourself toned. Um, so a very interesting example. So I really am interested in stress because it's the gateway to mental health. So my example is resonant breathing, which is this remarkable insight that it's a new scientific insight to a 2,500-year-old idea of breathing slowly. And we've mentioned it many times, but here's how it works. So my anchor is coffee. I have coffee at 6 a.m. in the morning. It's got to be done. This is one of my non-conditional agreements with myself that within 30 minutes of having coffee, I will begin with my resonant breathing training. And I just go to the Total Brain app, the little heart at the top is where I keep my favorites. So I click on the heart, the resonant frequency app comes on and it's at six breaths per minute. And I always start off with the Eckhart Tolle quote of one breath. Just start off with one breath. And he says, one conscious breath is enough to make some space where before there was the uninterrupted succession of one thought after another. So I think of that, let's just make some space one breath and then I remember his second part of it was he's saying just being aware just changing your focus for one breath forces you into the present moment and that is the key to all transformation so I do my one breath I think of the Eckhart Tolle power of now and then I move into doing the six breaths per minute for uh, three minutes and then depending on the day, I will take that six breaths per minute. And if I'm doing um, meditation, I'll also keep the, the six breaths per minute going through the meditation. So that is my anchor is coffee. My small steps are breath, but resonant breath, which changes my brain state, makes me calm and focus. And last but not least, Chris, to finish the wiring is the reward. And my reward is just simply thinking of a circle. That's my dopamine buzz, because when I think of a circle, I feel that's my symbol, that I'm practicing what I preach, I'm doing it, and I feel better for it. So that's what's been incredibly game-changing for me. It's lovely. And I think that your little reward, dear listener, have a listen to that, what Evian said there. The reward can be very, very specific to yourself. Mine is a little dance, a little sort of celebratory dance, but I'm a bit of an extrovert. Evian's is thinking about a circle, which is totally different. My little boy, I've got my little boy doing something. He's, he's doing this as well. He just loves cracking his knuckles. So he does a knuckle crack every time he does his little behavior. So make sure it's really specific that you actually do get a real buzz out of it. So that's really nice. So good. Oh, just one other thing to mention, another common reward that people have told me about is just simply their mantra. You know, they have some sort of mantra, some sort of word. So it doesn't matter what it is. Other people tell me they use aromatherapy, they just smell lavender. It's just fascinating how personalized this is. And yet, the basic principles of this are universal. But let's go to the mantra. What's your mantra? So 
my mantra is integration. I'm an integrationist. I just say that word and my entire lens of my, <laughs> my brain goes, oh, hello, did somebody say integration? You are such an intellectual, aren't you? Oh, it's dear. my mantra. Oh, it's my mantra. What's your mantra? Yeah, well, there you, are. you know yourself. Mine's love. Oh, yeah, I love, love the way you use love. Yeah. I really like that concept because not only is it a reward because you're actually mentioning the most important word in your life and it could be your child it could be your motorbike it could be anything whatever it is dear listener is it that's really nice really nice idea really nice idea i like that your focus on love and the beautiful coffee cups you use and your sayings in your quotes from the darwin challenge is beautiful for me the word integration also just highlights what my motivation is which is to find the patterns that matter. And this is one of them. So when I say the word, it triggers that association to these kind of concepts. And that always makes me feel good that I'm not being lost in the noise, that I'm trying to find the signal. So that is the whole show. I mean, we're talking about something that seems counterintuitive, and yet we've highlighted some very basic issues. Before we end off and sort of reiterate, well, I'm going to ask you to end off today, Chris, and to reiterate the takeaways. Any other thoughts about how you deepen this rewiring of your brain? So important. So BJ Fogg really says, start tiny and then slowly make it bigger. So I'm now up to 10 press-ups, having started on two. But if I feel terrible, if I'm not feeling great, I just go back to two. So don't beat yourself up. I think the single most important thing that he says, it's about feeling successful. And so do not beat yourself up ever. Positive thoughts change behavior. Negative ones don't really. So if I would say feeling successful is probably the thing. Isn't that fascinating? So, you know, I love the the counterintuitive story that we're moving away from motivation, away from just information towards now rewiring, but feeling good. And I love the way he just uses that simple word, good. When you feel good, you're going to win. And if you feel bad, you're not. And it's so basic, Chris. I mean, positivity is contagious. And it's just a matter of the brain hates losing. It is so risk-averse because it wants to feel safe. It doesn't want to feel negative. And so it is straightforward. So I love that deepening story of keeping the positivity going. I would like, just before we end off on reconsolidating the pieces, could you talk a little bit about failure? (laughs) Failure. Oh, dear. Is your question, what do you do if you fail? Is that your question? Yes. How do you deal with it? What do you do about it? Yeah, look, I think BJ Fogg is so good about it because I'd just love to reread that thing. I'm here to tell you it's not your fault. He believes failure is nothing to do with us as as individuals. It's the way we have designed our behavioral change system. It's this go big or go home psychology when we're supposed to do these huge sort of behavioral changes. I think he says... Look on yourself as an experiment. This is all a bit of fun. When you relapse, I think we even don't even use the word failure anymore because it's just a relapse. Go back to your small original habit. Don't even give it a second thought about beating yourself up. We're meaner to ourselves than any other person on the planet. I don't know whether you're the dear listener, whether you're like that, but I certainly know that I used to be. We can really be nasty to ourselves. So don't do that. Just go, yeah, yeah, no big deal. I'm just going to get straight back on the horse and off I go again. So that's so important because, you know, the other thing we see and what it's easy to forget 
is that all learning is iterative. From the very first time when we babies and we put our finger and thumb together to pick up something, it doesn't happen the first time. We get feedback, we learn, we iterate, we adjust. It continues from the first moment we're born till we die. And can I just jump on that? Because he does talk about babies, how when we see our babies trying to stand up and they fall over, we don't go, oh, you failure, you failed. We tend to kind of clap and we get really excited because they're trying. And this is one of the stories he, he talks about all the time is just keep on piling on the love, the encouragement, the support, the feeling of success, and you will be amazed what you will achieve. Exactly right. So I think the issue about everything is iterative. It is the way we learn by trial and error. And it's not a bad thing. It is the way the brain does it. So it's just a matter of magnifying what works. Keep what's working, magnify it, keep chilled. And the other piece of that in terms of the evidence out there is that the people do want to have a goal that feels reasonable. So having a timeline like a 30-day challenge, for example, and of course it depends on the habit, the person, the depth with which they train, and sometimes people can change overnight, as we know, there are certain examples, but just in general, having a goal like cadencing yourself over the 30 days to just really rewire it, and if you fail, have strategies in place to not panic, go back, start again, and just broaden and build, deepen, and then at 30 days, try and then turn it into a lifestyle habit. So there needs to be a plan. When the brain has a goal that feels reasonable, it starts off tiny, but that tiny can also expand into something bigger and then eventually into a lifestyle change. I mean, this is all really, Chris, about how do we change our lifestyle? We all are trying to become the person we want to be, not just get a little habit going for a while. So that's where I really like starting with the end in mind. Any other final thoughts on deepening before I ask you to consolidate it all and bring this to a close? I hope, dear listener, we've just changed your life. I really do. I think, I mean, it certainly changed my life. I mean, you can read the whole book, but I think we've covered it. Do you want me to just go through the key points again? Yeah, I think just let's end off, you know, because, Chris, you know, we've said so many examples. I mean, we deal with people who are super anxious. We've looked at the spectrum, you know, people have got alcoholism, depression. We know that peak performers use these strategies. Anybody can use it at any time. So that's the beauty of this kind of formula. And it's underestimated that rewiring is the game and you can have as much information as you like. The app can be as beautiful as and engaging as you want, but without the secret sauce, the rewiring cocktail, you ain't going to change. We're in the infotainment business until that rewiring happens. So take us through it again because it's so important. Yeah. So, dear listener, I hope today, because I know you've got something you want to change about yourself. We all do all the time. I've got multiple things. I'd love you today to try and do this. So the first thing is just recognize that this is revolutionary scientific information. The first thing is forget about motivation. Forget about motivation. That Just put that aside. The second thing is go tiny. Go small steps. So let's just say you want to start meditating. Don't sign up to a try and do 30 minutes, five days a week for the next week. What I suggest you do is just simply do 
10 seconds of meditation on the first day. Then the second thing is, okay, so it's go tiny. The anchor thing is really important, what Evian said. Link it to something. So maybe you do that 10 seconds of meditation when you sit down at your desk in the morning or at night. But, you know, maybe when you finish the washing up, anchor it to something very, very specific so you won't forget it. The next, the final one is the reward. Try and reward yourself, not just afterwards, but before, when you actually remember to do your 10 seconds of meditation or whatever it is you're trying to change. Give yourself a pat on the back. Think about your favorite thing in the world or what you love or anything you like or a cheer. You give yourself a cheer. You can do whatever. And do not worry if you lose a few days or you forget it. Just pile on that feeling of success and you will be amazed how you will change your, your life. Well, Chris Darwin, explorer of the big things that matter, it's always fun to do stuff with you. Thank you so much, Chris. That was great. Thanks, My Evan. brain is buzzing. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Evan. And thanks, listener. Good luck. Thanks, Chris. Bye.